Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey, Space Family, welcome back to another episode, and surprise, surprise, we're not doing anything with the Secret Space Program. <laughs> This episode, <laughs> this episode is secret space program free, so your brains can have a little bit of a break. Brain break? Exactly. We also have a nice announcement here that we want to say that we have our very own telephone number now. So let's say you have a quick story you want to tell us, or maybe you just want to pop in and introduce us on the podcast. Call the number. It's 408-320-8481. Leave us a message. We will be playing your guys' stuff on the podcast. So whatever you guys feel like you want to say, you want to call and yell at us because you think we said something wrong, by all means, give us a call, leave us a voicemail. It's the best way to get a hold of us. And we're going to play it at the end of each episode. We're going to pick one and play it. Hmm. Hey, Bree. Hey, Jamie. What are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're going to talk about Stargates. Okay, so... Can you explain to me what a Stargate is? A Stargate is a location or a doorway Mm -hmm. that can be utilized for instantaneous travel to other galaxies. And possibly beyond that, it could be to other universes or planes of existence or dimensions. So would you say that this is a means of space-time travel? I would say so. And, you know, the word Stargate is usually interchangeable with the word portal. I was That was going to be my next question I was going to ask you. Yeah. I personally think that the portal is the wormhole itself. Mm-hmm. It's it's the highway or it's, it's the route to and fro, mm-hmm. wherever the destination is. And I feel like the Stargate is the actual device or the location itself in which you're traveling. So that was going to be my next question. Are Stargates man-made or is it something naturally occurring here on Earth? I'm going to say both. Okay. For sure. I found in a lot of my research on Stargates is that Stargates are naturally forming locations here on Earth. Now, there are times where, you know, maybe the government has tried to back engineer that natural thing and let's say that they succeeded. So that's when you see maybe like underground, under the Denver airport or something, they have a Stargate (laughs) that they built, right? But I think when we're talking a lot about these ancient sites Mm -hmm. that we're going to be talking about today, they're just naturally occurring. And it seems like it was naturally occurring and then they built something around it in order to say okay this is where it's at yeah i think it's a combination of both Mm -hmm. definitely and one of the biggest things if you were to look into stargate are these ancient sacred sites that Mm -hmm. do have these structures that they've made and so i think it is how you're saying kind of where it's naturally occurring in energy and then they've then built something there to enhance the energy and to use that as some type of device i can't think of a better word other than device so i watched a documentary and it had to do with michael sala and basically the premise of it was is And this is going to get real conspiracy on you, and I don't mean to throw it out there right away, but it kind of explains why I think that they're more naturally occurring. He claims that the reason the whole Iraq war was started was not because of mass weapons, but because Mm -hmm. there was a Stargate Mm -hmm. in Iraq that we were trying to get access to. So it makes me think if we're starting a fake war to get access to this, maybe that means that we don't yet, or at the time didn't have the technology to make our own Stargate, and we were searching one out 
in order to use it or to back engineer it. You know, there's just so many conspiracies surrounding that area because it mm-hmm. is supposed to be the cradle of civilization. Mesopotamia. And it can definitely be where a Stargate is that might be highly functional. And that could be why there are so much turmoil and war always in that area, mm-hmm. no matter what. It's yeah. like there's always shit going down mm-hmm. over there. That could possibly be a reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's the reason we we invaded Iraq by any means. Right, but it's interesting. It, but it, again, it's very interesting, and then it makes me think like, okay, well, if we can't make it, there's a reason that we're trying to go there and get it, you know? So that's why I ask man-made or naturally occurring. I know we said we're not going to talk about secret space program, but let's talk about, you know, one of my favorite space agencies, NASA, here. Because, you know, they have their their toes dipped into the Stargate world just a little bit. Or maybe a lot bit that we don't know about. I think so. So there was this plasma physicist named Jack Scudder who was doing a lot of research about these things called X-points. Brie, what are X-points? To put this in the simplest terms, you can think of the Earth's magnetic field and the point where it meets the sun's magnetic field. Mm -hmm. And at that cross point, which is why it's also an X, is because those where those two magnetic fields are intercepting. And inside are these extremely charged particles that are shooting in and out. And basically, we're able to reach the atmosphere of the sun which is like 93 million miles away. So these are actual portals that are occurring around the Earth and the Sun's magnetic field. And they're opening and they're closing like multiple times a day. Some of them are always open, but it's the fact that they've been able to detect this. They have data on this. So it kind of goes back to these theories and these myths handed down from ancient times. And of course, space people like us are always like, you know, portals, wormholes, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is a portal. This is a proven portal. Scientifically, this is proven. It's something that you can't come out and be like, oh, no, that's full of shit. This is NASA coming out and what they came out in the late 2000s with it, I believe, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the early 2010s, maybe. And they came out and they were like, look, here's this information that we found. This is some type of a very loose word I'm sure they used was portal. They didn't want to say that's exactly what it was by any means, but they found a way where these particles were traveling thousands of space miles in no time whatsoever, and the only way they can explain it is it's a portal. Yep, exactly. So I think it's very cool that we have these ancient stories of these things occurring, and then they're able to find proof of it just now. But I know what's very difficult about it is that they're almost invisible because they open and they close without really much warning. You don't really know, like, where you're looking. So I believe they were supposed to send out another spacecraft out there to gather some more data. But it's very cool that we're able to have something backed up by this that really was just a theory or, you know, a Mm -hmm. science fiction type of idea. Mm Mm-hmm. It is something that's happening. And even if it's on a small scale, you know, whatever small can also be large. So you have to think that this can also happen in mass, mass quantities. So my next question for you would be then, so let's say we have Venus, right? It's a nice planet close to us. And Venus, of course, has some sort of a magnetic field. Are you saying that there would also be, theoretically, there would be X points where the magnetic field of, let's say, Venus meets the sun's magnetic field, that there could also be more X points around other planets. I don't see why not. Why Mm -hmm. would it be just Earth that has these X points? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, I don't think there's any special about our planet in general Mm -hmm. and its relationship to the sun to create those portals. So 
I would assume that there could be these X points around every type of spatial body. Do you think that the portal that I'd see in your backyard could possibly be one of these X points? Hmm. I don't really see how. I think not the kind that NASA is talking about, just because that's on like the outer atmospheric. Uh-huh, space, so, like around the Earth. But Whereas I, I physically see it in your backyard all the time. And just an FYI, I'm not the only person who has seen this area where things come out of. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's just one way that we're able to detect it. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, this was recently, the late 2000s. This is recently recent, that they yeah. have data on this. It's within so the last 10 years. Imagine yeah. what we might come across in the next 100 years. Mm -hmm. We can find that they're everywhere. Question. You know about Starman, Elon Musk's person who's like orbiting around our earth right now. Right. A lot of people have the misconception that he was launched out there and he's just like traveling through <laughs> space. He's actually not. He's orbiting the Earth. And, you know, eventually over time, he's going to get closer and closer and closer and then eventually crash into Earth. What if he was on a path that led him through a stargate? That would be cool. I wouldn't don't that, see why like, they would Like, all of a sudden, that. Elon Musk is just like, oh, shit, it's gone. We don't have eyes on it anymore. I don't see why they wouldn't do that on purpose. You know, I uh -huh. think there's always a hidden reason behind this. And, I mean, if this plasma physicist was able to come up with this conclusion in the late 2000s based off of data that was coming back from the 1990s, mm -hmm. then that means that NASA has had somewhat of an idea that this thing was already happening. Mm -hmm. And so who's to say that there's not a shit ton more that's out there that they've gathered and that they've already been trying to figure out different ways to figure out mm -hmm. how to use them. Like, how can we use those portals to our advantage? Not to talk about Elon Musk too much. Hopefully you listen to this. Um, maybe that's the, one of the reasons why we don't have eyes on the spaceman anymore. Because I don't know if you know, but yeah. Elon Musk said like, Oh, the battery rattled out on the camera, so we can't, you know, we can't watch him anymore. But, like, you're Elon Musk. You couldn't put a fucking battery on a goddamn camera that would last more than, like, what, a day or two that it was out there? Maybe he got sent out there, went through one of the portals, and the technology stopped working, and we don't have eyes on it anymore. And that's why it's not working and the battery doesn't work. Or they do have access to it, but the rest of the public can't have access to that feed. I like this conspiracy theory, and I hope people start talking about it and tweeting. That would make sense why the name is Starman, if that was their intent. And he's just using natural portals as a way to try to figure out... If he can send mass... People. Mass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> across. So him putting the car on the rocket instead of concrete was dual purpose. Ooh. Instead of just like, oh, we're just going to waste some concrete and throw it out there, we'll pull, throw this cool roadster out here. And on a side note, we're doing a side quest. Yeah, I don't see why not. I feel like this might be real and we might have just stumbled onto some shit. Everybody tweet Elon Musk. Elon Musk and ask him. Yeah, I don't really see why not. Have you seen the movie Stargate? No. Oh, you got to watch it. Okay. It's actually really good. Okay. What's really funny to me is the way that it starts out is that they uncover this Stargate mm -hmm. in the late 1920s. Mm -hmm. And then it's like goes to current time, which this movie was, was in the 90s. So the 90s was the current time. And there's this, this guy out there like trying to tell the people like, no, the Sphinx is older than it is. And the people are like, well, then who built it? And then he's like, I don't know who. I'm just saying it's not who we think. And then everyone walks out like he's crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. If you can't tell us who built it, then it's not, it's not up for question anymore. Mm -hmm. Everyone walks away and he's just seemed like this crazy guy. And then I'm thinking, he's just like um, 
Dr. Robert Shock. Robert Shock. Just look, it's, that's probably Dr. Robert Shock when he first started out, like trying to tell everyone else in academia, and they're like, no, you're crazy. This is nonsense. Everyone leaves and walks out from his whole presentation. Mm-hmm. And there's this old lady in the back that was like just kind of seeing what he had. And then pulls him aside and is like, I have a job for you. I got you. She takes him to an underground military base. And they have this giant stargate. And so they use him to help decode what, like, all the different hieroglyphs were saying and whatnot. I'm going to say I'm immediately going to go home and watch this movie because all of this sounds great. It has Sphinx. It has underground Dulce base. Like, I'm into all of it so far. Dulce (laughs) base. Actually, it might have been in Colorado. I don't remember. Ooh. But it's funny because, to me, I'm like, there's nothing about this movie that seems outrageous. To me, this is perfect. Why would they not have found a Stargate way back in the 20s? But yet, it's funny, the play on how, like, the general public still in the 90s have no idea that they even found that. Mm -hmm. But this lady knows, and she's working in tandem with the government to try to uncover it. Mm. So it's like they have all this knowledge that way more was happening in our ancient times but they're not telling the rest of the world they can't be caught up to speed yet and i think that is exactly what's happening in our current day i think there's always more of the story that they know they know so much more and and maybe in the process of figuring it out they just keep it under wraps yeah because at one point like the sergeant general comes and he's like i'm taking over from here you know and the lady's like what are you doing this is my project and he's like i'm here in case you succeed so it's oh. Like, oh, of course, right? Oh, okay. So if I fail, you'll leave me alone. But if I succeed, if it works, you have orders to take me out immediately. If it works, then, you know, he's put in place to figure it out. And mm. it's very cool. I'll have to check it out. It's a very cool, yeah. I've watched the, the TV show Stargate SG-1 and things like that before. But what I will say is when I watched them back in the day, you know, I had to have been like, what, maybe 10 or 11 years old when that shit came out. My cousin Terry was like super into it. I remember watching it and understanding that it's sci-fi, but I had never thought about Stargates in like an alien sense right. like that when I was watching it until later like in life. And I'm looking up Stargates, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. That show makes so much more sense to me now when I think about what the Stargate is. What is a Stargate? Mm-hmm. So it gets very ancient aliens really, because that's half of what they do. They travel to these different ancient sacred sites, and all of them, well, not all of them. There's a lot that are very well known for being Stargates. And these stories are all about outer space travelers that are coming through these Stargates that are meeting with these people. So it's interesting to think if these were actual functioning stargates and that is how this whole ancient alien theory comes into play that it really was being used that way. So let's talk about some of these ancient places that have stargates. And before we even start with any of it, I just have like a few questions I want to throw out there for you. Bree, hmm. you know a lot about the Sumerians. Maybe. Did you ever learn about the Sumerians in school? No. Isn't it interesting that so much of the information that has to do with our past comes from the ancient Sumerians, yet we are not taught anything about them in schools? You went to public schools. I went to private schools. We have all the spectrums here. Never once did I learn about ancient Mesopotamia when you're talking about the Sumerians or things like that. It's like these ancient people who really founded civilization just are washed over and not talked about whatsoever. I think it's because if they went into detail, I think they would have mass amounts of people believing this ancient alien theory that we were actual concocted beings Mm -hmm. from superior beings, Mm -hmm. the Anunnaki. From what I gathered is Stargates really come from 
the Sumerians. Really, the the idea of it, everything comes from the Sumerians. Sumerians worshipped the Anunnaki, which were space people. There is plenty of drawings of it inside of ancient Mesopotamia, inside all of these Sumerian ruins and things like that. Things like, you know, people with spacesuits on and things in the air that look like UFOs and stuff. And as far as I can tell from my research, all of it really goes back to the first Stargate being with the Sumerians because the Anunnaki came down to talk to them. It's hard to say because all these different places are so separate and they each have stargates. Mm -hmm. But yes, you could say since the beginning, it could have all led back to a stargate. Since you're suggesting earlier that it's a possibility about this whole war with Iraq stemming from that, I mean, that's really interesting to think about. I mean, wherever the stargate was, if it was highly functional, so there's always fighting over it so that it's not utilized. Mm -hmm. Or what if it is being utilized currently? And that's why we're still <laughs> fighting, you know what I mean? Maybe the thing is, is we're not there to perpetuate this war, but we're there protecting our people studying something, you know what I mean? And we're having to make excuses about why we're being there. Look, I said that I didn't necessarily believe the conspiracy theory, but I feel like both of us are talking our way into believing the conspiracy theory at this point. All right, so let's get on the topic of these ancient stargates, the ones that are naturally occurring here on Earth that have been found in these ancient ruins and things like that. And one big place to start off would be Egypt, of course. And in Egypt, they have Abu Ghraib, which is a platform, I would say, would be the best way to describe what it looks like, made out of alabaster, which is a Egyptian crystal. It's a very, very soft kind of crystal that's very easily carved. Let me start off by speculating a little bit. From the research I understood, they say that this, this site is possibly the oldest site where there would have been like a religious kind of building and gathering area. And we'll get into Gobekli Tepe later because people also say that that's the oldest. And it's this platform that's there and it's rumored that when you stand on it, it works with the Earth's vibrations in order to open you up to be able to talk to the, quote, gods. Their words, I think they meant kind of aliens. Yeah, the symbol, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Kemeten or something in Hotep, which means peace. And it's supposed to create some type of resonance. If you put yourself in a meditative state and if you were able to align with that resonance, then you can travel I think this is more of a stargate that's in kind of like your third eye type of stargate. Mm -hmm. But this is apparently the stargate where their gods, who were actual cosmic beings that had once visited the Earth, mm -hmm. they're called like netters or something. Mm -hmm. They called them netters, mm. something like that. Okay. But these are aliens. These are other cosmic beings that they worshipped that would travel through that stargate. Mm -hmm. And you could align yourself that way and you could have conversations with these sacred cosmic beings. And it really seems like a place where you have to fully align yourself to that vibration in order to do so. Mm -hmm. And one thing I find very interesting about all of these sites is it's not just the Stargate has the full power and you anyone, Joe Smo, walks up and has instant access to it. It appears that you have to put yourself in that frequency. Mm -hmm. It's all about aligning to that vibration in order for it to work. Yeah, and that reminds me very much so of the, another Stargate, the Haya Marca in Peru. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, so thank you, FFCs. It's this doorway that it's set. Perfect, yeah. And it's like this big, giant red stone that almost looks like it's carved out to look like a door. 
And then within the door, there's another carving as well that's smaller. And it's said that the big door is for the gods and the small door is for humans. And a lot of people travel there just to stand in front of it to see if they activate it and open it. It's like kind of like a rite of passage for people mm-hmm. that they go there and they think like, I have the energy within me and I will stand there and meditate and open it. And like all these people go, but no one's opened it yet or that we know of. I've heard I've, I've heard some stories about people that have claimed that they've seen someone come to and fro. But yeah, the structure mm. is carved into the side of the mountain. It's very cool. And it's like up higher. Like it's not like you could just like walk up to it. It's like a little bit of a work to get there. So I think, yes, that is another example of where you need to align yourself with the vibrations that are there. Mm-hmm. But I think star placement must have something to do with it too. Mm-hmm. All of these sites are also very aligned to different celestial bodies. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that they knew at what point, you know, these frequencies would be at its peak. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's a mixture of having the knowledge of when that time is, mm-hmm. you know, what celestial bodies need to be in line or in what way for it to work. And then maybe if you were able to align yourself to that frequency at the same time, maybe it's a mixture of those three combinations enabling it to work. Well, it's funny that you say that because there's also a big conspiracy theory stating that, you know, the pyramids in Egypt are a stargate and their placement with the, you know, Orion's belt and all that kind of stuff. There's a purpose for it. And a reason being is because when everything aligns, this stargate opens up between all of these pyramids. Because if you look at the pyramids like from up high, they're in a very interesting kind of position. Like you're kind of like, that's a little weird that they're like really clumped together over here, but then really spaced out over there. And then, you know, once you do the research and you dig in and you're like, oh my God, they're following constellations. It's like, why were they building these big structures like this in this specific shape of a pyramid? You know what I mean? And having them align with the stars and things, because what is it? Once or twice a year, they line up with the stars exactly. Is there a bigger reason for this? And, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what the pyramids could be. I'm a big believer into thinking that they were used to produce free energy and put it out into the world. But I also think in my head that another thing that it could be doing is being a stargate you know that's maybe why you go into these pyramids and they have all these weird false doors and things like that maybe not necessarily to you know a lot of people today say oh it's to stop thieves from robbing the tombs and things like that but what if it was because they were trying to stop people from using the energy of these pyramids and they put in all these false doors and things because only the anointed ones knew how to get to the certain room in order to activate things. But I think star placement definitely has to play a role mm-hmm. somewhere. A lot of these type of stargate technologies, it's all about that. It's about the alignment with the stars. Literally, the energy has to be right, mm-hmm. and then you have to be right in order to align with that. Mm-hmm. One place that is also known for being quite a stargate and isn't doesn't have any type of man-made structure would be Sedona. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sedona is definitely known for being a stargate and for all of the many vortices. And you know, there's like seven that are very well known. If you are a tourist, you can go and check out. And I'm sure the locals know plenty more than that. But Sedona is this area that is known for being just super charged. The whole area is a stargate. And it's very cool to visit. And each of these vortices have a different energy to it. Some are masculine, some are feminine, some are both. 
And so it brings out certain things in you. And if you go there and you meditate and you try to connect with these frequencies, lots can happen for you. And that's what also makes it one of the hot spots for UFO sightings. It's been known that aliens, space travelers, whatever, have been coming to the land since, I don't want to say the beginning of time, but... But basically the beginning of time. Basically the beginning of time. There yeah. you go. That's just a part of what the land was known for. It was a very sacred, sacred land. And not to mention, it's a mixture of sandstone and different mineral deposits that are only known for Sedona. And if you think about all these other ancient sites too, either the platform or whatever wall that it's been constructed out of, there's mm-hmm. always some sort of stone. Stone. Same thing with crystal the pyramids. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, sandstone. It always has something like that. And I think it's because... Not only is the land supercharged, but you are to align with that energy. You're just creating a little stargate. So that's really what Sedona is known for. And it's another place where you can't go and just walk up and expect to like feel the energy. That's one thing people will complain like, oh, I went and I didn't feel anything. And another people go and they're like, holy shit, like there's a lot going on here. And it's because you have to do the work. You can't expect the Stargate to just work for you. You have to do your own work and align with Stargate. And I think that's a strange type of technology that ancient people knew. Yeah. Who's to say that they knew this on their own or if people from the stars came down and showed them? Yeah. And also because they were just very in tuned with nature. They're very in tuned with the energy. In our current time, we're not. We're very like... We're very technological. We're definitely getting away from having our feet on the ground. Yeah. So these ancient wisdom keepers, really, they know or they knew more about the land and the energy that's occurring there than our current people. Well, I think it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like these minerals, rocks and and crystals and things like that because... I know specifically like limestone, when there is limestone under a house or things like that and let's say like a bunch of murders occur, there's something about the limestone that holds negative energy very well. And what they found is, you know, you can go on like the Discovery Channel and watch all these like, you know, paranormal ghost shows. And whenever they come to these maybe older castles that are built on these huge, you know, limestone deposits, they're like, oh, it's, yep, yep. Oh, we're sitting on limestone. We're going to have a busy night tonight. It's like almost clockwork. Like people in that field are like, oh, oh, what's that? It's on sandstone. Oh, okay. We know what's going on. So it's interesting that you pull that in there because I know that to be a fact in other fields that all these different stones. Like a lot of people want to throw like a lot of woo-woo-y shit out there about like, you know, healing crystals and stones and things like that. But there really is different properties to all of these things that, you know, most people don't understand. They don't really. And it's like they're mass amounts of energies, which is also storing information. Mm -hmm. So that's how you're able to tap into different information. And also, like you said, to store certain energy that in a sense is also information right information is energy just think about it if you have one of those clicky little watches there's quartz in there Mm -hmm. that's what's making that shit tick Mm -hmm. so it's proven that it is an energy and so if you think about an entire city that's sitting on quartz in the ground it's gonna be charged some way supercharged Mm -hmm. so you're attracting all types of different situations to happen and i think that's why it's linked with celestial objects and aliens and bringing more of the woo-woo crowd like you said because they're more in tune to that sort of thing happening but it's interesting that our ancient people seem to know this if you were to look across at all these different 
sacred sites and they each say that they're stargates and they each have all these stories of people visiting to and fro from the cosmos to here. I mean, is it really myth after you keep seeing the same thing over and over again and it's spread across the world? Well, and you know, and there's something really to that because if you think about it, these native people, right? The Sumerians, the Mayans, like, you know, all these kinds of people who really held on to those type of values and those ways of thinking and really talked about those stories and passed them on. Are any of those kind of groups of people around these days? <laughs> Isn't it interesting that all of these native people who had these ideas about star people and star gods and gates and working with the earth and things like that, all of those type of groups of people aren't around anymore. You know what I mean? And it's there maybe, you know, maybe I'm a diggling a little too hard with my conspiracy no, shovel. So. But it makes me almost think like there was a reason these kind of people were eradicated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why they were, why they disappeared. You know, the Mayans and things like that. Like the Mayans is one huge mystery that no one ever knows about, right? Theoretically, they say like the Spanish came in and wiped them out because of Jesus or whatever. You know, the whole stories like that. But it makes me think like, Maybe it has less to do with the wars and things like that, but maybe it has more to do with modern day religion was trying to cover up true religion. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. True and, connections. Exactly. And it, it's making me think that they had all these ideas and they knew all, all these ancient native people knew all these things and the people who were in charge and wanted to make money and let's just call them the Draco Reptilians or something like that. Oh my um, God you know, wanted to put a stop to it. They don't want this knowledge out there. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why modern religion came around because let's just say, theoretically, you know, we don't really know the timeline of the earth or when things were really around. We only can speculate what it is. But let's just say the time Mesopotamia was ending and the Sumerians were starting to get ticked out is when we have all the stories about Jesus coming into town to distract from what actually happened during that time, you know? It's not like we have a written book that says this is what happened and I think, I don't, I don't know who says this quote, but they say that, you know, history is written by the winners, right? We only see things from the side of the person who's writing it. Like, right. you know, if me or you, let's just say we're to go to Germany and sit in for a history class, we would have no idea what the fuck any of it was <laughs> because we don't learn the same thing right. they mm -hmm. learn in that country, you know? I don't know about Germany's history other yeah. than like... Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and what's funny is like in German schools, they don't really teach about Hitler. So it's interesting what information as a whole the world is given. And it makes me think that something like this new religion that we have now, whether it be, again, we're not discriminating against just like a certain kind, but I'm talking about everything. Maybe it was all just distract from the real thing that was out there, the real thing that was going to get you somewhere, because maybe it was much more big and powerful than anyone wanted it to be. I could definitely see that because, I mean, that type of knowledge would lead you in the stars. And if you want someone that, if you want an entire society that's controlled, you would shut off that connection. Mm -hmm. So you kill off the people that have knowledge on how to use this. And now you just have a society that doesn't even know how to function just with working with Earth energies. They don't know how these stargates work. We just hear stories well, yeah. and we speculate, but we lost the actual cellular knowledge to use it. Well, and that's that's one of the reasons that really makes me think this, because if you think about it, there's not really records that we can go back and say, this group of people believed this or that. You know, we have like cave paintings that weren't destroyed that we found, you know. You know, we don't have that much information about the Mayans or things like that. So it's interesting, not only did they wipe out these people, but they also wiped out their history. 
and we're only finding out bits and pieces of it from right. hidden things. You know what I mean? Like we could probably stumble upon something in the next year or two. You know what I mean? Like that we have no idea about. Just like Gobekli Tepe. It's interesting because like they say it was this ancient site that was found and they were just like, ah, oh, it's just an ancient site, whatever. And they just kind of ignored it. And then years later went back and kept digging and they were like, oh my God, you guys, this is way bigger than you think it is. Basically, the the easy way to describe it is it's said to be the very first religious gathering place, which is a big deal because for people at that time, they were like nomads and stuff and coming together to meet for something was not something that was in the characteristics of the people of that time. So it took a lot of organization and then people going back to the same place every year to, let's say, perform a ritual or something like that. So it means that our civilization was more advanced way earlier than we ever imagined it to be. Not only that, but this ancient site is even older than we think it is because the more and more they dig down, what they found is, is that the site has always been there and that it's changed depending on the, you know, let's say the decade it's in. So like, let's just, in the 70s, it was very hippie and they had like cool stuff. And then the 90s came around. So they like kicked everything down and built grudge stuff on top of it. So there's like, all these layers. But the most important thing that I think I've found is it's not just buried, you know what I mean? Like they didn't just like fill it in with ever. Oh no. Somebody took very serious care to place every single stone down to preserve the area than to build it up and build something else on top of it. So obviously it's memory and what used to be there was very important over let's just say thousands of years that people were building on this site. So the reason this has to do with Stargates is because they found all of these like T formations inside of this site. And it said that all of these T formations, like in between them, they're individual Stargates in between these Ts. So that's one theory that they have that's out there. And I know Giorgio Sikolos is a big one for that one. He's like, the steamroll in it. He's like, guys, it's aliens. <laughs> I don't have a Giorgio voice. He's like, guys, it's aliens, and they're here, and they're the t- between the T's is where the aliens come. It's a Stargate. That's all you need to know. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> aliens. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's aligned with Cygnus, and my thing with Gobekli Tepe is that there's layers on layers on layers, mm-hmm. and I can't wrap my head around one theory. There's a lot of strange alignments with Gobekli Tepe. Here's something I have a question for you about. So you know that they're no longer actually digging on the site right now. The biggest reason they're not doing it anymore and the the thing that they said to the public was because they're trying to preserve it for future generations in order to come there and also make discoveries. I remember because they talked about that at Contact, At Contact, yes. That's exactly where I remember it from. And it's interesting because you think like, no, you want to dig down and like learn all this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to leave it so that future people can also dig down and learn things. But it's like, wait a second. Are you trying to cover like something up because you don't want us to know about it like right, right now? now? Yeah. And you're like, we'll pick this back up in like, you know, 100 years and we'll get time. down to the bottom. Yeah. When, you know, the world is in a different place. That's what I personally think, because I think that that excuse is stupid. That would be like you come up across like a full mammoth skeleton that still had skin like attached to it. You know what I mean? So we can actually get an idea of like what it is. And they're like, no, no, no. Leave it there for 20 years. We want someone else to dig it up. I want my grandchild your, to have. Yeah, like <laughs> your, your generation has done enough exploring and looking at things. You're just going to leave this here for someone else. Like, You're that done. doesn't make any sense to me. That's so crazy. That is definitely another conspiracy right there, I would believe. You know, I thought this wasn't going to be a conspiracy-heavy episode. But and it here kind we of are. is. It kind of is. And another Stargate. Mm-hmm. 
that is very important to know also and in this type of cosmic world is also known for being the biggest stargate would be your third eye, Mm -hmm. your pineal gland. This is supposed to be your biggest stargate. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have to learn how to put yourself in that type of state and be able to travel mentally while being in the actual physical stargate to physically take your body to another stargate. So you're telling me that there's... Inner space. Technically, there's kind of two ways to use a stargate to travel. With your third eye, where you're more traveling, like in more, like, let's just compare it to like maybe a dream state realm kind of thing, where it's your, your consciousness is traveling and not so much your physical body. But then there's also that version of it that can take your physical body. Right. That kind of reminds me, you know, the, the platform in Egypt, you know, the first one we talked about, because they were saying you have to get on it. You vibrate with the earth and it opens you up in order to talk to the gods. So then that makes me think of like, oh, OK, so you're talking about like having your conscious kind of go up into the higher consciousness of everything and gathering information. Then you talk about the second Stargate we talked about that was the big red rock door where they're talking more of a physical passageway that's going through. So you're saying that Stargates don't necessarily have to be like a wormhole that you go through to get to another place, but there's other versions of how you can travel on the space highway. I think there's different spectrums to a Stargate, and I think that the pineal gland, your third eye, is definitely one of them. Interesting. And there's lots of argues that it is the biggest Mm. one. And why is that? Because consciousness would be stronger than anything that man is trying to mimic that nature's already doing on its own. Then it'll never be as good ever. So who did I hear this from? Something along the lines of that your consciousness is the biggest technology. Mm -hmm. Like it is the biggest and the baddest technology that there is to have is your consciousness. Mm -hmm. So if we were to utilize that, that would outweigh anything that man could possibly try to put together as a Stargate, the physical Stargate. So should we start a school that teaches us how to flex our consciousness that would be a mystery school i was gonna say very like harry potter-ish over here where like it's like a wizard school we can go to being a monk i think monks are the closest people that are out there that can do these that's what monks do i think that we've both self-proclaimed that we're convinced that billy carson is the closest thing to the highest form of consciousness here on earth that any of us can reach oh man so i think that there needs to be a combination of all things okay that third eye has got to be real strong, mm-hmm. real thick. You know that my third eye is not very good. We know this from my psychic um, drawing that we have. Because <laughs> what do I have surrounding me? A big masculine box. Bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stopping my third eye from going higher. Just which I feel like is a very a of... perfect way to kind of describe me. Like, let's be realistic. I know, but it's just pointing out personal work that there is for you to do. Well, you know what's sad about that is I really wish that I could go back and have a second reading with her, but she wasn't at Alien Con or Contact or anything like that. Yeah. Elizabeth April, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe you can message her and be like, hey, I need another, like, I need an in-session, in-person in-session, not like a Skype. I need to, like, place your hands on my forehead with some anointing oil. And be like, let's talk business. Yeah. Exactly. Bring out the energetic scissors. And I believe we've told the story about Elizabeth April before, so go back and find it somewhere because it's truly fucking fascinating. Like, every time I can have a chance to talk about it, we talk about that story because of how serious it It resonated with all three of us. But it's a good thing to bring up because if you have a lot of work like that that needs to be done, you can't utilize these stargates. And so you have to do your inner work in order to be able to really have access to these things. 
I cannot remember what the site was, but I remember watching, I think a couple times, I've heard this guy's stories a few other places, who claims to have meditated at a spot at one of these, and I feel like it is the Hayu Marsa Marca, the Peru site we were talking mm-hmm. about. I feel like this is the location. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Okay, so I heard this whole this guy's story many times, okay. and then you sent me a video, and it yeah. was like an hour, uh-huh. and I was like, I already know his story, you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm 20 minutes in, and I'm like mind fucked. Yeah. So he like meditates, winds himself into this white hallway. He hears a voice or something that's like, you're not supposed to be here. How are you here? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I went went through the doorway. Long story short, he realizes that wherever and whoever he's talking to is another civilization, you could say another universe, Mm -hmm. that experimented and created a universe. Ah. And we were that creation. Mm. And they know that someone else created them. Mm-hmm. So it was like a science project on a science project. Mm-hmm. So they like, you know, messing with the building blocks of life. Are we talking inception boom, here? Yeah, and then boom, they created a universe. Figured out how it was and then, you know, you just think it's like freaking Russian dolls at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is that he got there from one of those stargates mm-hmm. from meditating and going through the other side on one of these stargates. So he basically got to like the drawing board of all this yes. shit. So yes. he was, let's, let's just say we're talking fourth dimensions. He went up into the fourth dimension and was looking down on the third dimension, not realizing that's where he was. And people are like looking around like, what's this, like, what are you doing what's here? this 3D dude doing here? And like, we should probably figure this out and get him back where he needs to be yeah. or else like our fucking cover's blown and yeah. like everyone's going to realize that the earth is flat. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's really it's just levels, a flat yeah. levels. On flat the, levels on levels. on levels, yeah. But it's interesting because I remember that story and thinking, holy shit, that's an idea, man. Like you're just a bunch of scientists messing around, create a universe. And, and then they said... They don't know who created them, but someone did. And then you think about this type of things that our scientists to this day are messing with, the different types of life that they're trying to create. Who's to say that that's not happening somewhere? Well, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, them making clones or them basically building lambs inside of artificial wombs so that they can give birth, you know what I mean? Like, if we could do that... It's probably happening somewhere else on a very larger scale than that. Like, we're only scratching the surface. So that's enough to create a universe. Mm-hmm. This person was able to, through the Stargate, land himself there. So that's another reason why Stargates could not just be two other planets in our solar system, but other galaxies or possibly other universes outside the bubbles of what we have yet to really grasp. So I have the perfect question to wrap up this episode. Stargates. Fact or sci-fi? Fact. Fact. 100%. Yeah. High five it. High five it. And the secret space program actually is utilizing um, Stargates. That's half (sighs) the reason for all their travel. This was a secret space program free episode, and you've just ruined it, and it's come crashing down. Well, it's just interesting. You can think about that later. You could also think about when we do return to NASA about these whole different alignments and Maybe these stargates are working for a certain reason at these certain alignments. Maybe we start getting into their patches or certain times that things were taken off. We might come in contact with these alignments again. And who's to say that's not also to utilize a type of stargate technology? Are we talking about when NASA cuts the feed? Because that's one version of it. Like they're aligned in a certain location 
and then something comes through a portal, then they have to shut the feed down, and then everyone goes crazy. But like, you know that there's weird people who live like in, you know, weird basements who have millions of dollars who literally just sit there all day long mm-hmm. watching the ISS station and like recording, like screen grabbing it, like waiting for them to like try to take some shit down so they could throw it back out there and be like, fuck you, bitch. Nope, right here. This is what happened mm-hmm. and I have it. It could just be another way that they're using this type of Stargate wisdom mm-hmm. or using these certain alignments having these like homages to these different Egyptian gods, Mm -hmm. star placements, energies, times, frequencies. It's all very interesting when you're talking space travel. I love space travel, guys. Oh, and also, if you think about it, if you are to use the Stargate and land in- You're technically traveling. Time traveling. Yeah, you're technically time traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we could bring it back to time (laughs) travel in some (laughs) shape or form. I believe when we did our episode about portholes. We just kept linking it back to, to time. time travel. Yeah, hard. I believe. Like, I think that we just should have called that episode time travel. That but was really just like a, a talk. I feel like we were just like blabbing. We were and just then we're blabbing, like, yeah. I guess we talked about portals, portals. and stuff, so we'll call it like portals. I'm going to say if you guys really, really want to listen to us Babylon and like very loosely link space travel to anything, listen to that episode because it's hilarious. Although, I'm going to say I don't know how accurate. No. Because I don't don't remember even what we said. So, like, don't take it seriously. But if you want to listen to our really weird opinions about space travel, I'm pretty sure that we argued because I said, I think at the end of that episode, I said we could go forward in time, but we couldn't Couldn't go back. go backwards. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, if it goes one way, it's got to go both. 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 Yeah. But that's one of our older ones. Maybe over time, we'll, we'll, we'll end up revisiting those episodes and redoing them. Oh, for Shaking sure. Shaking them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, new information comes out, and hey, everybody, guess what? Your opinions are allowed <laughs> to change. Yes, absolutely. You don't, you don't have to be like, I only like the color blue your whole life. You could be like, I love blue, but did you know that today I saw purple, and now purple's my favorite color? Nice. Purple's fire. It's okay when you get new information to change your ideas. Let's not Agreed. all be cemented in our shitty, crappy ideas that we refuse to change no matter what evidence comes. <clears throat> Egyptian government. Oh, oh shit, shit. Jamie. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go to our shout-outs, guys. At the skeptic level, we have Jan from the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. We have our truth seekers, Destiny at Desi from Space on Instagram. We have our newest member, J Plus, who is on Instagram, which I won't rat out your name on the air, but your actual real name, J Plus, is like very, very interesting combination of our favorite and least favorite person. Ooh, all right. Now we have Scotty at Scotty Doodle on Instagram. Hi, Scotty. Next, we have our skeptical truth seekers. We have Adam Von Arndt at VonArndt13 on Instagram, and he is one of the co-hosts of Not For Everyone podcast. Speaking of Not For Everyone podcast, if you guys haven't listened to it, go take a peek. And we have our middle bitch, Bobby, at Pinball Bobby and at Not For Everyone podcast on Instagram, who is the other host of Not For Everyone. If you guys listened to our last episode, if you tuned in past the music, one of the guests that are on that show has uh, wiggled their way into our universe. So check out the end of our last episode. Then we have our skeptical middle bitch, AP, at Weather Traditions on Instagram. Hey, AP, love you. And last but not least, we have our Anything is Possible, and we have Matt. Thank you, Matt. Love you. Love you. You guys check out his YouTube. It's 
at thriller for riller the number four the number four riller number four riller check them out also if you guys would like to support the podcast you can check us out on patreon under that one time i was abducted by aliens and we'll be posting stuff weekly on there little extras to the episodes and we do have our pre-pod on there so if you guys just want to give us a dollar you can have access to all this cool content that we're going to be putting up there so check it out sometimes we're entertaining and sometimes i question it but i put it out there anyways and you guys tell me if you think (laughs) we're entertaining and you be the judge Thank you guys so much for listening. Send us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at that one time I was abducted and all the other social medias in the world or some variation of at that one time I was abducted. Yep, hit us up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week. I wish you all of the light and love and peace in the world. And I just want to say, love you, Beaverton. Where do you get Beaverton? Wait, what is it? Beaver Dam. It's Beaver Dam. Love you, Beaver Dam. Love you, Beaverton. But not anyone at NASA who lives in Mountain View because you still haven't contacted me and I expect a phone call on the new voicemail. So this one time, I was going to school in Arizona and I went to a house party in the outskirts of town, middle of nowhere, some little suburb. And uh, I'm with my girlfriend at the time. It's like 3 in the morning, we're on the porch. And uh, I see what looks like headlights coming in the sky, right? It's kind of weird. Most planes don't look like they have headlights. But uh, as it came closer, I could see it was triangle-shaped. And it was pretty big. Um, to my memory, it it, it kind of looked like when you see a, an airplane landing. So it was about the size of an airplane. Um, all black, from what I could tell, it was night. But uh, it just had those two headlights and no other lights, no other sound, nothing afterwards. And it was real low. And uh, that's what I remember.